It's Saturday of the fourth week of Lent. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. The Roman station today is San Nicola in Carcere, St. Nicholas in prison. I have a personal connection to today's station. As a seminarian, I was assigned here for Sunday duties and then took over direction of a Gregorian chant scola entirely of women. Later, I was ordained a deacon in this church by the late and truly great Cardinal Paul Augustine Meyer, the holiest man I have ever met. St. Nicholas in prison is named after St. Nicholas who was imprisoned during the persecutions of Diocletian. Nicholas was especially venerated by the Greek population of the, this sector of the city in ancient times. The name Nicholas, however, seems not to have been applied to this church until the medieval period. The tag, in prison, perhaps refers to the fact that there was a prison nearby from at least the 8th century. The basilica is built in the remains of three Roman temples, which once stood on the edge of the Forum Holitorium, the vegetable market of the ancient city. Once upon a time, it had beautiful frescoes within, but along came Cardinal Rodrigo Borgia, who whitewashed the place. He was later elected as the, well, somewhat infamous Pope Alexander VI. In a side chapel is an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, decorated with some of the first gold brought from the New World. On the 12th of every month, a Mass is celebrated here in her honor. St. Gaspar del Bufalo founded the Confraternity of the Precious Blood in this church in 1808, and there is preserved here a fragment of the cloak of the centurion Longinus, which is said to be stained with the Lord's blood. From The Passion and Death of Our Lord Jesus Christ by Alban Goodyear we are told how the Roman centurion with his men was affected by the transformation around them. A few moments before, all had been turmoil and confusion. Now, all was quiet. It was more than the peace of death. From his cross above them, the man who was dead seemed yet to reign. His enemies were scattered. His friends were free to draw near. His last words had been words of authority, independent of all that had been said or done to him. Even these Roman soldiers were moved. They were stirred to something akin to faith as they contrasted this man with the rabble that had done him to death. Be he who he might, he was more than they, and they glorified God, saying, Indeed, this was the Son of God. We may reasonably ask whether this further light and grace, this gift to be the first to confess Jesus Christ, after he was dead, was due to the last act of charity these Roman soldiers had done to him. It had always been the way with Jesus Christ. Had he not said that not a cup of water should be given in his name, but it should have its reward? In the early days a Samaritan woman had given him to drink, and in return he had bestowed on her the light to ask, Is this not the Messiah? Now Roman soldiers had again given him to drink, and the reward he gave them was the same. Indeed, this man was the Son of God. 
the prayer over the people in the extraordinary form. Oremus, humiliate capita vestra Deo. Deus, qui sperantibus in te, misereri potius eligis quam irashi, da nobis digne flere mala, que fecimus, ut tue consolationis gratiam invenire mereamur. Let us pray. Bow your heads to God. O God, who would rather show mercy than anger toward those who hope in you, make us truly sorry for the evil we have done, that we may be worthy of your merciful consolation. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen.